Here we go. You're listening to Law and Gospel on this email Friday, where we examine some emails that we have received. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. And before we get going, we want to remind you that we are doing another printing of that book about prophecies in the Old Testament that are fulfilled in the New Testament concerning Jesus Christ. There's over 200 of them that cost us $15 or two for 25 or three for $10 each. So you can take these and hopefully be able to use them. So what we're doing is email me at lawngospel at lawngospel101.com and give me your name, home address, and also your phone number. I need your phone number because I, I got one recently that said, please send me the book you talked about. And we've talked about a number of books, so I need to know which book you are requesting. So without further ado, let's go on with our first email. And it's entitled, Five Warning Signs of False Teachers. A pastor was writing that a person sent him an email and was genuinely concerned about a sermon they had heard in their church. The sermon included what he said is a terrible conclusion about how Jesus emptied himself in Philippians chapter 2. The pastor taught that Jesus lost his divinity during the incarnation and then returned to being God through the ascension. He emphasized how we have the same power as Jesus on earth since he was merely human like us. And the pastor responded saying that that was the heresy of genoticism. Now, whether or not the pastor intended to preach heresy, we don't know, but that was indeed heresy. The idea that Jesus lost his divinity and we could do what he did because we are human beings. Stop and think about that. When's the last time you were on a lake with a big storm and got up on your boat and told the storm to be still? Or when was the last time that people were hungry and you took a little bit of fish and some bread and were able to feed 5,000 people? This is ridiculous that Jesus lost his divinity. Jesus was always divine. And he was also human at the same time. <clears throat> so what is heresy? Heresy is a destructive false teaching and has a potential to divide the church. We throw this term around all the time so much that we've lost a sense of the gravity of heresy. Heretics 
are not just people who disagree with you. Heretics are people who divide the church through false teaching. Now, most believers don't have the opportunity to take seminary classes and learn about the heresies of Gnosticism, Docetism, Kenoticism, Arianism, Modalism, and others. Theological training is very helpful, and that's why a pastor is trained to sense when there is false teaching going on. One of the great false teachings of law and gospel is that a pastor says, your works make a difference as to whether you go to heaven or hell, as though good works can save you and sinful works send you to hell. Well, that, that's ridiculous because sinful works in the believer are forgiven. And the way you go to heaven is through faith in Jesus Christ. So the email gives you five warning signs of false teachers. Number one, they contradict the scripture. Therefore, they affect the meaning of the gospel. Remember, that's how Satan works. God said, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or you will die. Satan says, no, you won't die. You will become like God and know the difference between good and evil. So Satan distorts the gospel enough so it's not really the gospel. People will notice if the message is way off, but they won't notice as much as if the message contains just enough truth to appear as truth while being false. And that's how, if you take a look at the sins of those in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, they thought it was to their advantage to go against the will of God. Number two, another warning sign of false teachers is they add or remove from Scripture. They add to Scripture to control the behavior of others. The motive is often power. Then there are false teachers who will remove from Scripture the way they should have people wanting to live and participate in otherwise prohibited behavior. The motive is often selfishness, and that motive doesn't come from the Bible, which leads us to the third warning sign of false teachers. They claim special knowledge on your behalf. You should cringe when you hear, well, God told me to tell you this, or even worse, I get this information from God. Is it possible that God speaks through others to you? Yes, but someone claiming unsolicited special knowledge on your behalf is always a red flag. Uh, for example, 
they may teach that, well, you should give a tithe, forgetting that a tithe is part of the ceremonial laws of the Old Testament. And therefore, you give as God moves you so to give to help out the church and others. And those who think that when they give a tithe, heaven is their home, that's claiming special knowledge on their behalf, which leads to the fourth warning sign of false teachers. They claim a different source other than scripture for God's message. Your emotions are a terrible source of God's truth. Other religious texts are not equal to the Bible. Cults attract people with both tactics, emotional appeals and maybe another so-called source of information. I would put into that category the teaching of evolution. Evolution is not taught by the Bible, but people think that science, as they understand it, is more important than what the Bible reveals. And so they come up with the conclusion that the world was created after millions and millions of years, and man was not part of that creation until much later when he might have appeared as a monkey. The fifth sign of false teachers, they give the impression that making money is the message more than Jesus is. You are to preach and teach generosity, sacrificial giving, and also helping the church. But do not forget that a love of money disqualifies one from ministry. False teachers pull people away from scripture in two main ways. The first is offering an alternative worldview of the Bible. Essentially, they say that what you believe is not right. This instead is something new. That would be, for example, evolution. The second way false teachers lure people is through reinterpreting the scripture. Essentially, what Philippians said is not true to me. Jesus did become a human being, but I believe he lost his divinity when he did that. But remember, at the first night of the resurrection, when Jesus appeared also to Thomas on the second Sunday, Thomas said, my Lord and my God. Well, Jesus had not yet risen from the dead. So, I'm sorry, he had not yet ascended into heaven. So how could Thomas say that he was God if Jesus had lost his divinity at his incarnation and did not have it restored until 
he had ascended into heaven. So recognize the warning signs of false teachers. Why should you pay attention? Because Jesus answers that question in the Sermon on the Mount. He teaches how few take the narrow and difficult road to discern truth. That's believing the Bible. Jesus then warns about why you should care about understanding truth properly. He says in Matthew 7, verse 15 and 16, Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. The term fruit occurs over 100 times in the Bible and usually refers to the results, like you plant something, a tree, a cherry tree, and you get fruit. So the question is, when you hear a sermon, what qualities are being manifested in that message? Where is your money spent? What words do they communicate? What does your mind consume? If you are not dedicating hours, mind energy, and eyeballs to God's word, then you are going to struggle to know what is true in this world. Know God's truth, and the results will follow. And the best way to know God's truth is to read items about God's truth. For example, Luther's small catechism is a brilliant summary of the truth of God, dealing with the commandments, with the creed, with the Lord's prayer, with baptism, and the sacrament of the altar. That's why we always have adults as well as youth go through confirmation so that they understand what the church is really saying. And therefore, we are happy to hear when people speak out against heretics. Well, this happened. A Christian politician is now under police investigation for sharing a Bible verse on Facebook. And she talks about her shocking ordeal. In June, Finnish politician Pavai Razanen called out the Evangelical Lutheran Church in Finland for its participation in the Helsinki gay events. And she shared a message from Romans 1 to prove her point that God opposes homosexual activity, which the church was no longer doing. Well, guess what? Church authorities open an investigation into Rasanen, who is a member of the Christian Democrats Party and also the former Minister of the Interior in Finland. She said she was motivated to share the scripture after hearing her church denomination 
had decided to endorse events that are in contradiction with God's word. She said, I was shocked that the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Finland, of which I am a member, announced its official affiliation to the Helsinki Gay Pride in 2019, she explained. Our church act, she said, states that all doctrine must be examined and evaluated according to God's holy word. But pride events celebrate acts and relationships that the Bible calls sinful and shameful. Based on these scriptures, she asked, how can the church's doctrinal foundation, the Bible, be compatible with the lifting up of shame and sin as a subject of pride? Now, that's kind of interesting that they call themselves part of the pride movement because pride is a sin. What is at the center of pride? The letter I. What is at the center of sin? The letter I. And so when she was confronted with her own Lutheran church now joining with homosexual activity, well, she was really, really astonished. She did not resign from the church over the issue, but she decided instead to pray and seek God's will for her next steps. As I prayed, I was convinced that now is the time to try and wake up the sleeping ones, not to jump out of a sinking boat, she explained. My purpose was no way, in no way to insult sexual minorities. My criticism was aimed at the leadership of the church. Now, C.F.W. Walther, he said something once, that the sheep judge the shepherds. I, as a pastor, am not embarrassed when someone comes to me and says that what I said in a sermon or teach in a Bible study is wrong. Sometimes they were correct and I misspoke what the Bible said and then get the opportunity to correct it. But most of the time, they are not correct because they are following a unbeliever's view of the Bible rather than the proper Christian view. Then I will take the time to explain that Jesus did not lose his divinity, for example, because of all the divine things that he did. Instead, he died as a human being, but as God, he died for every sin in the world. That is not something that we as human beings can do. We cannot die for others. In addition, Razanin, she was determined to hold fast 
to the notion that every person has a right to hear the whole truth of God's word, both the law and the gospel. She refused to stop sharing excerpts of scripture and continues to hold fast to a biblically informed view on sexuality. So many young people today think that it's okay to live with someone prior to marriage in order to test out whether or not if they got married, that would be an appropriate relationship. Well, how many times have you heard a boyfriend kills his girlfriend or she does something terrible also? Because that kind of relationship is not mirrored by God's law and always ends up with negative consequences. Now, you may think you're having fun, but you're doing what the devil tells you to do, and you are using your emotions. But I love the person. If you truly love them, you would not put them into a position where the woman would be considered as a prostitute. She says, only people who recognize their sins need Jesus. That is why we must have the courage to call homosexual relations sinful. One of the most shocking elements of the case is that authorities have decided to charge the politician with agitation against an ethnic group and agitation and accusation that she believes is not only false, but also something that will have grave ramifications for the Finnish Christian community and freedom of religion as a whole. What the authorities don't realize is that it is the homosexual movement that is causing agitation against a group called Christians. Jesus was crucified by such people because they would not hear his word, and therefore they are the heretics for today. She says, already the fact that a police investigation has been started and there is a suspect of a crime has a significant effect to freedom of speech and religion in practice. Now, can you imagine if police authorities came to arrest me for speaking out on KFUO against the political movement called the lesbian gay movement? that that would be a shock. Thankfully, we have freedom of speech, which it appears that the Finland church does not allow. She says, I am worried that the police investigation will have a chilling effect among Christians. It seems that many Christians in my country are now hiding and going to the closet now that the LGBT community 
has come out to the public. She says she's concerned that Christians will become increasingly less inclined to share scripture on public platforms because they fear they will be arrested for offending a certain group of people. But instead of hiding away and, and bowing to the pervading culture, she urged believers to keep speaking up and sharing the scriptures with others, no matter what the consequences. We must obey God rather than man, she declared. Trusting that the Bible is God's word is a solid foundation for the gospel to bring forth new life and win hearts. That's why KFUO is so important because in its many programs, it shares the scripture no matter what the consequences. And sure, a lot of people are against what they hear from KFUO, but because what they hear is in agreement with Holy Scripture, then we have nothing to fear. She says, I do not want to be defiant, but I'm going to use my freedom of religion and also to talk accordingly. Whatever the outcome of this process and police investigation may be, I encourage all people to use their freedom of religion also in the current debatable themes. This right has been guaranteed. So if you need a Bible passage, simply turn to Romans chapter one, verses 24 to 27, where it says that homosexuality is a sin. I'm Tom Baker, thanks for listening. To Law and Gospel, you can send me an email and I will attempt to answer it on email Friday. And you can listen to our regular program again on Monday where we will take a Bible passage and examine it from a Law and Gospel point of view. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.